Hey, it's your host, Rob Kohansky. Welcome to Local First Podcast, where I interview local business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to tell their inspiring stories about them and about their business so you can learn more about them. Just a reminder, this podcast is made possible by Home Solutions Realty. I'd really appreciate it if you would forward the podcast by sharing, subscribing on iTunes, and leaving reviews and recommendations for future guests and topics. I want to hear from you. Now let's get to the show. Okay, you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. All right, <laughs> me as well. It's like I said, the first one's always the funnest. I get a, it's like get that morning stretch. Right. Like, oh. All right. Welcome to another episode of Local First Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. We have Dr. Lees. Welcome to the show, Dr. Lees. How are you doing today? Thank you. Very good. Awesome. So to get started, um, let's get to let's get to know you a little bit better. Let the listeners you know who you are and where you come from. Okay. I'm from Milwaukee and uh, grew up on what used to be called the south side of Milwaukee and and, um, lived between Morgan and Howard on 25th Street. So I went to Jeremiah Curtin grade school, Audubon junior high school. I went to Pulaski High School for a year and then my family moved to Greendale and I graduated from Greendale High School. Nice. Mm -hmm. So tell me about what led you to your business and what you do and what your practice is, you know, how did that all come about? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, it came about accidentally. Um, I uh, never planned on becoming a psychologist. It was never part of anything I ever thought about being, Um, but I had been a gymnast growing up. And so I was in a sport that was very focused on body image and perfectionism and control. Um, And uh, in my junior year of high school, I ended up um, experiencing a pretty bad back injury that was treated through chiropractic. Um, Then I went to college, and that was at the time when um, the popular women's magazines like Glamour and Cosmo were starting to come out and describe what is anorexia nervosa, what is bulimia nervosa. And I started seeing girls in my dorm who were displaying the classic Uh, symptoms that these magazines were describing. And I was also seeing it in um, people that I was on the uh, college gymnastics team with as well as when I was growing up. And so all these things together were just, you know, intriguing to me. And I eventually found psychology. I was uh, studying with a friend one day and just started looking at at his textbooks. He was uh, in a master's program in psychology. And I thought, wow, this is really interesting. And it was the second semester of my junior year in college, and I still didn't have um, the, the the major that I really wanted to have. I had declared about five of them um, before <laughs> getting to that point, but was never really happy with what I was doing. And, um, you know, originally wanted to be a chiropractor when I went to college because they fixed my back. Um, but then when I saw the classes that you had to take in organic chemistry and physics and things like that, that was just not my thing. Um, and so then when I finally found psychology, it married together all of the things that I was interested in. So I was interested in medical things. I was interested in the eating disorders. I'd had my own experience in, in being in a sport, you know, that was very body focused. And so it just kind of brought all of those things together. And, and that's how I eventually, um, you know, decided to become a psychologist. Isn't it strange how you go, you start in one direction and end up in a totally different one? Yes. Yes. I, I can totally relate to that. Yes. I, I was, 
I grew up, um, if you remember where Capitol Court used to be. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So my dad was in a uh, manufacturing work today. A.O. Smith at the time. Uh-huh. And I was told I was going to Milwaukee Tech. I was going to be a tool and die maker. And yeah. that was going to be my life. Um, I didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. ended up going to the army, doing all kinds of other things. Right. And now look at, I'm totally yeah, different. Doing something different. Different. Right. And it took, that's that journey to, you know, just kind of figuring yourself out and what right. you really want to do. Well, I tell a lot of my patients and, and also just people that I know, you know, especially kids going to college, there's so much pressure on kids now in high school to have to know what they want to be and to have to, you know, go to college knowing exactly what they want to do. And, you know, to take all these AP classes in high school and be, you know, halfway through college before they even start college. Um, and in my experience, when I went, there were people like me who really, you know, thought they want, knew what they wanted to do, but they didn't really know what they wanted. Um, and they just kind of, you know, stumbled around and tried different things and eventually found something. And then there were other friends of mine who first day freshman year, they knew exactly what their major was going to be. They had four years of their courses already scheduled out. They did everything on time. They got the degree that they said they were going to get. And interestingly, the people like me are all doing what we got our degrees in. And the people who thought they knew first day freshman year what they wanted, none of them are doing what they got their degrees in. It's, you know, and I see that all the time. And mm-hmm. I just, that blows mm-hmm. my mind that yeah. you spend four years in college and you plan all that out and yeah. you're, you're working at Best Buy or, or something right. like this, like that. It, it, my daughter did the same thing when she went to uh, Whitewater and she, she did all the AP classes, did mm-hmm. all the stuff like that, mm-hmm. very motivated. Yeah. And she wanted to be a veterinarian. Uh-huh. But after about the first semester or so, she's like, um, I don't really like this mm-hmm. and turned to entrepreneurship and business. Yeah. Wow. And mm-hmm. she was a treasurer for her um, sorority and all this other stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And because of that, she ended up getting a job she's taken next month in Ohio mm-hmm. doing the same job she did at her other sorority. Oh, okay. And yeah. she loves it. Yeah, right. And it's just like, right. But all right, it's all about you. Let's get back here. <laughs> Go down here. So, through this whole process, mm-hmm. what has been some of your biggest challenges and how have you overcome them? Um, but through the process of what? Um, uh, let's say a, a process of. Um, I know anything that any challenges you've had in, in life, you know, you can pick one within in your business or mm-hmm. your personal life or something that that's, mm-hmm. you know, whatever you want to choose. Sure. Um, well, geez, there's always been lots of challenges. I, I think the one that I um, deal with, you know, consistently in the course of my business is the the having to balance um, the marketing, the business with um, the treat the treatment that I provide, you know, I am the product. Um, and so I, you know, I'm the one that's doing the billing. Um, so I need to be in the office, um, seeing patients, but in order to have patients coming in, I also need to go out and market and, you know, ha- you know, make sure that people know that I'm available and that I can help them and why I can help them. And so it's always, you know, balancing, you know, when you do a lot of marketing, you know, then I end up with a, a pretty heavy caseload and then I don't have time to market. Um, and, and so it's always going back and forth with how do you balance all those things. Um, you know, luckily the internet has been great um, in that regard, you know, and, and allows for a lot of online marketing and social media marketing, which has really helped me not have to be out, you know, doing things all the time because people can find me on the internet. They can watch videos. They can look at my website. They can read what I've written, you know, in terms of articles and my philosophy and and how I go about treatment. Um, and so that's, that's a really helpful, you know, marketing tool, um, you know, for someone like me, who's in an independent practice. Okay. Very good. Mm -hmm. If you could go back in time in a time machine in your business, your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? 
Um, I would say to learn about the business aspect of the whatever profession you're going in. Um, you know, in psychology, I'm trained as a clinical psychologist, so I'm trained to treat people, you know, treat their mental health conditions. And so that's what all my training was focused on, was how to treat people. Um, but, you know, psychology is part of healthcare, and healthcare is an industry. Um, it's a business. And so when wherever you go to practice, uh, you know, what you've been trained to do, you're going to be in a business setting. Uh, and there are going to be business demands put upon you, even though your your job is to treat people. And so I think the more you can learn about the business side of psychology or mental health or, you know, whatever aspect of, um, you know, clinical work you want to do, the better off you'll be when you start working in, in the profession. Very good. I think that's important. Even mm-hmm. if you just get an overhead of mm-hmm. what's going on and right, able to right. hand it off and you can at least be intelligent about. Right. Well, just understanding uh, basic things like insurance and, you know, how, you know, just how does reimbursement work? If you're going to, whoever you're working for, how are you getting paid? Um, you know, you might be getting a salary, but that salary is going to be based on the reimbursement, uh, you know, from insurance of the patients that you're seeing. And so, you know, there's always the reimbursement aspect that's going to be involved in, in your life. Um, um, that you really need to understand. And, and if you don't, you, you know, I think that leads to, you know, dissatisfaction in the profession. Very good. That's, that's good information to know. Okay. So now we're going to talk a little bit about you and your business and what you do for people. So what are some of the like three to five things that people should know about your services mm-hmm. or how you can help them? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I am a, not only a clinical psychologist, but I am a certified eating disorder specialist. And so I am uh, specifically trained to treat people who have uh, problems like anorexia, bulimia, overeating, um, overweight, any eating or weight um, concern that people have, um, as well as being trained to treat um, problems like anxiety and depression and stress and you know panic disorder, those kinds of mental health concerns. Um, so I, I think it's important for people to know that, um, you know, eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any psychological condition um, so that they, it even supersedes uh, depression and suicide. Um, so if you have an eating disorder or know somebody who does, it's really imperative that you get treatment from someone who is specifically trained to do it and who is a how, specialist. How would someone identify that other, someone else is having mm-hmm. an eating disorder? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, some of the common signs are weight loss, uh, not eating, avoiding eating, um, you know, all of a sudden talking more about being afraid of food or only being able to eat healthy foods. Um, you know, people may notice that someone uses the restroom, you know, frequently, right? after eating, um, you know, which may be an indication of vomiting or laxative abuse. You know, people also tend to get pretty irritable and crabby and withdrawn and isolated when they're, you know, engaged in eating disorder behavior. Um, so those are some of the, the more common symptoms that, that are recognizable by the average person. Very good. Okay. Anything else you want to go over on that or is there something else that you want to talk about? Um, well, uh, you know, other important things I think that people don't realize is that um, children and adolescents should not be dieting. Um, um, you know, dieting is a normative behavior in our society, unfortunately. And, you know, because we, we everybody diets, we assume that it's okay for kids and adolescents to diet. Um, but they are act, their bodies are actually 
developing and growing and dieting is actually restricting the body of nutrition. Um, and so if your child is, you know, trying, body is trying to develop and the child is dieting and restricting it of nutrition, um, that's going to impede the development process, not only the physical development, but it can also impede brain development. And so, you know, not only is dieting not healthy for kids and adolescents, um, dieting is also the gateway to an eating disorder. And so for any child who is dieting, they are setting themselves up to potentially develop an eating disorder. A person who never diets never develops an eating disorder. And so, you know, when you've got kids, adolescents, early young adults, um, you know, and they're engaging in a lot of diet behavior, their weight is going up and down. Um, those are some pretty significant signs that they should probably seek some help. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of good information right there, Dr. Lee. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go back in the time machine again. And when you thought, wow, I'm making a difference, this means something to me. Tell mm -hmm. me a story. You know, I, because of the nature of the work I do, um, you know, in helping people make, you know, some pretty difficult and, and transformative changes in their life, I'm part of that change process all the time. You know, they're doing the work, but I'm giving them the tools to do it. And so I get to see people change all the time, which allows me to, you know, recognize that I am making a difference with people. Um, I don't think I would have, you know, stayed in this career for almost 30 years um, if I didn't get some benefit from being able to see people change and, and know that I'm making a difference in their lives. Um, so whether they're directly telling me that I've helped them or I can see that they're making changes in the work that we're doing together, you know, that that to me, you know, is just uh, gratification that I am helping them and making a difference. That's cool because you get to see people every on almost on a daily basis. Yeah, you know, giving them the tools to actually exactly. go out there and, right. and do something. Yeah. So whether they make a small change, like you know, they start eating breakfast, uh, you know, or they're eating a balanced breakfast, that might be, you know, that's one small change that is actually big for a lot of people. Um, there might be bigger changes, like you know, yesterday I was working with somebody who um, has been binging, you know, for well over a year, and for the past two weeks hasn't had any binge episodes because of the, the changes that she's made in the work that we're doing together. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. very cool. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. So let's get to know a little bit more about you. What are some of your day-to-day -day practices that have contributed to your success and happiness? Well, I do practice what I preach <laughs> and I do preach all the time that you need to eat three meals a day and you need to have snacks. Uh, and so I never skip meals. I never leave my house without eating breakfast. Uh, I always eat balanced meals, which include carbs and proteins and fats. Those are the three main nutrients that everybody needs at each meal um, that diets tend to vilify. And so people are often very confused about what they should be eating and, and why they should be eating it. And, and you know, are typically afraid of, you know, food, which, which is very unnecessary, but I, I do, you know, practice that. I do really also make an effort to uh, have a, a work and a life balance. Um, I, I work a lot. I like what I, I love what I do. I, you know, I, I really have passion for what I do, but I also want to have a separate life from what I do. And I make a conscientious effort to make sure that those two things are balanced. And I also make sure that I turn off all my devices within one hour of going to bed and that I get a good night's rest, uh, you know, every night. That's that's key right there. Mm -hmm. So I have I have a question because you you brought up three meals a day mm -hmm. and I hear a lot and I know a lot of people that mm -hmm. uh, do intermittent fasting mm -hmm. or fasting for three, four or five days. Mm -hmm. what, are, what are your thoughts on that? 
Um, well, I mean, it, there, whatever the diet, you know, uh, thing of the day is, you know, there are some people who are going to be able to do it and, and it may work for them on some level. But for people who are susceptible to um, eating problems, you know, and not necessarily eating disorders, but even just disordered eating, um, those kinds of things set them up to end up binging later. And so you may go on a diet or an intermittent fast for a period of time. But a lot of bodies, a lot of physiology doesn't like that. And so once you go through that fasting period, your body may want to make up for that. And so you might fast for a while, but then you're going to overeat uh, in order to make up for what you didn't eat during the fast. And so that that's why the dieting cycle gets people so caught is that, you know, going on a diet, you know, may result in weight loss. But then when you go on a diet, there's the implication that you will go off the diet. Uh, and so once you're off the diet and you go back to regular eating, the tendency is to regain all of the weight, usually plus a couple of extra more pounds. And so I've treated, I couldn't even count how many people throughout the years who have dieted their way up the scale. You know, they're dieting in effort to lose weight to try to be healthy, but they actually end up with the opposite result. And so dieting for the vast majority of people is not an effective weight loss strategy. Sounds like more it's more of a lifestyle of how you eat and, and what you eat. It, it, well, it, it goes beyond that. You know, diet, diet programs call this a lifestyle, but all they do is change your eating. Right. You know, that's not your lifestyle. That's just your eating. Um, you know, when you look at lifestyle, you have to look at the whole person. So you have to look at how the person thinks about their life, how they feel about their life, how they cope with their life. Um, and, and how that affects their eating. Um, because if, if, for example, if you eat to deal with your stress and that's your main coping mechanism, but then you go on a diet and you don't have any way to deal with your stress anymore, you're going to go off the diet and you're going you're gonna to be very stressed out and you're going to use food, you know, overuse food in order to deal with all the stress you haven't been dealing with. And then you're going to gain all that weight back again. And so if you don't learn how to cope with the, you know, the emotional stress or the reasons why you're eating, you're, you're going to keep regaining the weight. You know, we, we can't just like uh, take out our behavior, and, you know, and just change our behavior in a vacuum and not look at the rest of what affects why we eat. And that's what diets typically do. That's wow. I don't even know what to say about that. That's because <laughs> you, 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 you just blew my mind because mm -hmm. like, that's something that like, again, I don't know when I'm on this, this podcast is that each time I talk with someone about their field of expertise, I learn so much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And for me, uh, I'm thankfully I've never had any de eating disorders. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I eat too much. Sometimes mm -hmm. I don't eat enough, sure. but to hear that there's so much more involved mm -hmm, in, mm -hmm. in why someone does something right. And it's just not the diet. It's right. about you, you take care of that entire person. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and typically when people go on a diet, it's because they want to change their weight. So they're looking at the outside of their body. They're not paying any attention to what happens to the inside of their body when they start restricting calories, because that's what dieting is. It's restricting calories. It's restricting nutrition. And when you start doing that, your body doesn't like it. Uh, and your body is going to rebel. And your body is going to try to recapture what it is missing. 
And so if you're under eating, you know, on a regular or for, you know, for a period of time, the likelihood is that you're going to rebound and you're going to overeat to make up for what you didn't eat during that time period. So it's important to know that, you know, physiology has a lot to do with why people can't stay on diets. Um, our bodies do not like to starve uh, and, and our bodies are, are set to, uh, to protect itself and, and to, to live. Uh, and when we're not giving our bodies enough food, that's a sign to the body that there's something wrong and that it needs to, to compensate for that. Um, so that's why there's always going to be the drive to eat, the drive, you know, for food uh, after a dieting or starvation period. That, that's a lot of good information right there. So is there any particular book or quote or resource that has guided you that you'd like to share with the audience? There really isn't. That yeah. was one of the things that I really know um, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, they're, and don't put this in there, um, <laughs> but a lot of times it's self-help books that help people. Well, you know, self-help books are based on psychological principles. Um, and so I'm going from the original source, not from the self-help aspect of it. So they're really, I really could not think of anything that, that struck struck a chord in okay. there. Fair enough. Fair mm -hmm. enough. If you could give advice to someone just getting started in your field, mm -hmm. what, what nuggets would you give them? What mm -hmm. would you share with them? A couple of things. If someone, you know, is uh, becoming a psychologist and not necessarily an eating disorder specialist, but as a psychologist, um, I would say that it's important to um, join your state professional association and get involved with other professionals in your field, you know, from around the state. Um, it's, it's really been so gratifying um, to be part of the Wisconsin Psychological Association. And I wish I would have done that much earlier in my career. I, I didn't do it until, you know, probably halfway through. And so I think I could have benefited so much from just the, the expertise, the knowledge, the mentorship uh, from, you know, people who, um, you know, have been in the field and practicing and around the block. Um, that would have been very helpful, you know, as, as a young psychologist. For someone who is interested in uh, treating eating disorders, I think really making sure that you get certified, making sure that you are receiving uh, regular training, you know, to update your skills and knowledge and to join the National Eating Disorders Associations and make sure that the, the education that you're getting is um, uh, equal to the, the type of population that you're treating. This eating disorders is not just a, oh, that, that sounds interesting. I, I think I'll, I think I'll do that. Um, you know, like I said, people die from these disorders. And if you don't know what you're doing and you don't understand, you know, all of the, the medical, the biological, the genetic, uh, underpinnings of the disorders, you know, then you can actually put your patients at risk and, and you can put your practice at risk, uh, you know, for, for not knowing what you're, what you're doing and what you're, what you're getting into. That's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot yes. of responsibility. Well, mm -hmm. What is the one thing right now that has you most fired up and excited about the future? <laughs> that was another thing. I oh, really no. couldn't. Something's got to have you fired up. There's, I mean, Football coming up in a couple months, something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I don't know. Um, the, I mean, there really wasn't anything. Nothing? No. Okay. I mean, I, I, I guess that's, an, that's another thing. I, I, you know, I practice what I preach. You know, so many people live in the future and they catastrophize and they worry yeah. and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I'm always teaching people to live in the present, yeah. uh, you know, and, and stay here because this is, you can only control what's happening right now. Right now, right um, here, right and now. And so, yep. you know, I, I, I think I, I live by that motto. Um, I mean, there are things I'm looking forward to. I've, you know, I'm going on a trip in, in February. I'm looking forward to that. Um, a friend, a colleague and I, you know, have talked about uh, possibly going to 
um, Australia to a conference in uh, in another year or so, year and a half. Um, so maybe planning ahead for that. So there are things I'm definitely looking so forward cool. to. Travel. Yeah. 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 Nice. Uh-huh. Okay. We'll go with that. So how, what's the best way for someone that wants to get more information? How would they get a hold of you or contact with you? Is there any social media handles mm-hmm. like that? I'm also add these over into the, the show notes as well. Um, sure. Uh, they can contact me through my website, uh, which is eatingdisordersmilwaukee.com. Uh, they can email me at clinic at Lee's psych.net and they can call me at 414-774-6878 very good very good now we're gonna have a little bit more fun Uh oh we're gonna have fun okay (laughs) so we're gonna do some rapid fire questions here but before we do that um you didn't know this either but you get to ask me one question about anything you would like why did you invite me to to do a podcast Why did, you know, that's an interesting question. That's, you're the only second person that's ever asked that. And for, for me, it was, it's, it's interesting. And I think it needs more awareness in the general public to know more about eating disorders. Mm -hmm. But for myself, um, selfishly, I wanted to know more more, Mm -hmm. um, about you, who you are. And um, just in this last 20, 25 minutes, I've learned a lot. Mm -hmm. And for you to be able to share that with me, and now I'm able to share that with uh, our community Mm -hmm. is really huge. And it's really about getting the awareness out there and letting people know that, hey, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. people there that can help you. And every show is the same way. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Mm -hmm. but when I bring someone on, you know, I come and sit down and talk Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, we go through a good discussion before we even get to this point. And Mm -hmm. that was probably a month, a month and a half ago. So it's, it's a process that I go through on every time. So I just don't randomly pick people out. Mm -hmm. I make sure that, uh, they have a good story behind them Mm -hmm. and they care about what they do and who they help out with. So Mm -hmm. I saw that when I sat down with you in your office. So that was one of the main reasons that I brought you on Mm -hmm. here. So I appreciate your time there. Yeah. Okay. So I have a few rapid fire questions and then we're going to wrap this up. All right. Again, um, everybody that's been on the podcast before, this is my tools of Titan from Tim Ferriss. He's one of my favorite podcasters in the back of his book. Um, page 648, we have 649. We have some rapid fire questions. So again, if you can answer them, great. <laughs> but sometimes it's just people just go off and off uh-huh. and off like that. All right. <laughs> let's see here. Um, do, 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 do. Okay, here's a good one. What do you, what is something you believe that other people think is insane? That you need to eat three meals a day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that that, that carbohydrates are are not an enemy. Uh, You know, that your body actually needs them. Uh, Most people I I tell that to look at me like I'm insane. Right, they need that energy to burn. (laughs) Exactly. Wow, okay, see, there you go. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Oh, here's one I haven't asked in a while. What topic would you speak about if you were asked to give a TED talk on something outside of your main area of expertise? I, my mind is blank. blank. Yeah. Yes. My mind is blank. What is something that you really enjoy doing outside of your work that if you had to talk about it, what would it be? Mm-hmm. And there are lots of things I like, but I don't know that I could do a TED Talk on them. Maybe I'm stuck on the TED Talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I really am at a at a, at a loss for that's that. Okay. Mm-hmm. We, we can, that's all right. That's, okay. I, I'm, you're not alone. Uh-huh. If you could have one gigantic billboard with anything on it, what would it say? Don't be afraid of change. Be afraid of not changing. There you go. I love that. 
I, I, I really love that because I've, I've seen so many people that don't change and don't, and just stay where they are, stuck mm-hmm. where they are. And mm-hmm. they're so afraid of change that right. it did is that I see it all the time. Right. And people I think are afraid, so afraid of failing, you know, rather than taking a risk and finding out what happens and, and just learning from it and using that information to try something new, Yeah. you know? And so I think being willing to take a risk and, and do something different, um, because you, you never know what you learn from that. You, know, you never know. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm right there with you. Right. I would have never become a psychologist, yes, you, know, you know, had I not I, taken a risk. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be here today with mm-hmm. the, today launching a new podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm the same way. And, and for, for me, I, I love change. Mm-hmm. It, it really um, fires me up almost to the point where I like change too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stick something with for a little while. Right. Okay. All right. Let this. Let's wrap this up. Any request from my audience and any last parting words? Uh, well, I would just ask that if you are experiencing any any kind of you know mental health issue, and it doesn't have to be you know a, a, an extreme one. Um, if you're stressed out about your job, if you need help with parenting, you know if you're if you want to learn more about normalized eating, uh, if you want to figure out how to stop dieting, um, you know, that uh, you take a risk and give me a call. I'm more than happy to help and just talk. You know, people get kind of freaked out about going to therapy, um, but really all it is is a conversation and it's a sharing of ideas. It's, a, you know, I, I provide lots of education. Um, and, and so it's really not the, the you know, as scary of a, a thing once you do it, uh, as people often anticipate that it will be. Very good. That that's good. That's good words of advice. If you do need some help and need some assistance, uh, regardless of what it is, you need to go out there. There's a lot of resources. You're not alone. Again, thank you so much, Dr. Lee, for being on Local First podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank you.